I studied something out for youth. I went to uh, Second Chronicles, I think it was Second Chronicles, and talked about a house of prayer, the temple being a house of prayer. Our bodies are, our, Paul would say that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit now. So in the Old Testament, when you see the temple, it talked about uh, the glory of the Lord filling the temple. Well, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit now, and the glory of the Lord can fill this temple. So uh, I ended up talking about that, and we talked about the house of prayer, and then uh, in the same fell swoop, we didn't get that far, but there's a house of uh, sacrifice, house of prayer. Actually, I did a house of prayer sometimes. A house of praise was the one, and then there's the house of prayer, house of sacrifice. We didn't get that far. We didn't get past house of praise, but anyway, this is what I had. I studied this out originally in uh, the Gospel of John, verse 25. It says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. And in talking about what all the different miracles that Christ performed in the Bible, in Scripture, we only have a certain amount. The ones that the Holy Spirit said, yeah, put the right, we're going to write about that. But John said that all the things that he did were written, if they were all written down, then I suppose that the world wouldn't even be able to contain it. That doesn't mean that they couldn't all be written down in the book. It just means that we, as human beings, we could yeah. contain it. All the miracles that he did. Mm. Uh, we, we, we sell the Lord short in our faith, I'll be honest. Uh, when it comes to, to miracles, I believe that the Lord, the Lord desires to perform miracles, signs, and wonders. And the condition is upon faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary because the miracle, the sign, and the wonder will always be to glorify the finished work of Calvary. Always, always, always. It will never be to, uh, to glorify or lift up a ministry, a man, a denomination, uh, any of that. It will, it will, it's not meant for that. It is meant uh, as a... Uh, Basically, a confirmation of the word that is presented. Uh, Mark, at the end of Mark, it says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. The word, the, the signs and the wonders are to confirm the work of Calvary. If we had the church, to be honest, hadn't seen very many signs and wonders in the American church, part of it, and, and of course we say, well, we, you know, Americans, we just don't have faith because we don't really need, we've managed to live without God. And that's partially true, but the real truth is that we haven't preached the right message. And that's the only way that the signs and wonders will come. They will come to confirm the message. You preach how? You preach that Jesus Christ has paid for our healing in in the atonement in the through the cross. You can have healing; it's provided for you. You preach that the Holy Spirit is going to move. Get ready! Get ready! He is going to move. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> he he's already done it. We just simply proclaim it. 
And that's what's been happening. The cross has been being preached and proclaimed. And the signs and wonders are beginning to follow. In it, within the church, we've had uh, 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 Brother Denver. Yeah. Brother Denver uh, received healing. Brother Lehman. I have something more to say about that blood. The doctor told me that's a sure sign of cancer. They haven't found cancer yet. Hallelujah. <laughs> and they won't. Been taken care of. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. I still will hold fast to the fact that it is because the, the true gospel, the cross, has not is not being preached. We 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 preach we preach healing, but not always from the foundation of Calvary. And, and then the Holy Spirit doesn't move because he only moves within the confines and the framework of Calvary. So if you preach divine healing, but not from the foundation of Calvary, the Holy Spirit's not going to move. I don't think he will. From what scripture bears out. That's. And a lot of times our first instinct is not to pray and ask the Lord. It's go to the doctor. <laughs> but not the do I'm not saying doctors are horrible. No. We should the first the, our first thing should be Jesus. Yeah. 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 And then well the truth is, is that you can fully trust in the Lord, have faith in him, and still go to the doctor. Yeah, and, and, and there's and there's a, and still be totally having your faith in Christ, not the doctor. The doctor becomes just an instrument to confirm the healing. <laughs> you know, that the yeah. Lord is, is definitely touched. Yes, there was something wrong. Yes, there is something wrong. And, and be gone now. And we don't yeah. know why. You talk about how, how do you witness to a doctor? <laughs> Bring your sick body and let the Lord heal it. And, I mean, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My, as you guys know, I'm very reserved. Person. <laughs> I'm reserved. I don't get excited very much uh, when it comes to the Lord. I really don't get. We've seen you. I'm, I'm just. I'm really concerned. You know, I'm really getting. And we like it. But my limit. Let me go to the doctor and find out I have something wrong, and then let me get a touch from Jesus. Go back to the doctor, and then they say it's gone. I'm about to have a Pentecostal. <laughs> that doctor's off. And I'm not going to care who hears me. <laughs> like, sir, I'm going to need you to keep it down. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think so. <laughs> My Lord, I got a touch from the master. You might not know who touched me, but his name is Jesus. I once came in here sick, lame, blind, and one time I was dead. My Lord, he quickened me. Glory to God. Well, I'll be I'm going to take off running through the mall. Dodging chairs or running over. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I'm sorry, I wouldn't be able to contain that. I have to force myself. No, no, no. Spirit. <laughs> How can you not? How can you not rejoice? Mm. Mm. I mean, I get excited over little stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
That's all they had was Jesus. But to yeah. get to a doctor, they had to walk that a mile to the road, and then they ride the chicken bus chicken. five or six miles, and then get on the ferry and go two hours, and then go. Yeah. I mean, they, and then yeah. they had to Yeah. What is the chicken bus? That's an old school bus that they ride and they bring their animals. The bus. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're kicking everything. Really? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get there somehow. Eh? <laughs> That's one of the major transportation they had. No, they still do that today. What? They still do that today. On the school buses? Yeah, in the third world country. I heard uh, one, of, one of the guys I went to Bible college with, they, he and his dad went on a missionary trip to Africa, I think it was Africa, and they went to a leper colony, and they brought medicine, and uh, they they basically said, we'll give you the medicine if you let us preach. You gotta, you gotta hear it, you gotta listen to us preach first, and then we'll give you the medicine. Well, the, they were like, yeah, sure, no problem, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, you preach, we'll listen, and you give us medicine. That's what I'm talking about. They preached the gospel, they got saved. God healed the whole colony. <laughs> they didn't even need the medicine. They got to every every single thing. And, and I was thinking about this morning as Angie was preaching. Uh, you know, she talked about the the she talked about the uh, mother who was basically in a funeral procession uh, her son had died and he was in the casket going by Jesus was there on the scene at the time passing either they were passing by Jesus or Jesus was passing by either way and he placed his hand up on the casket and the boy was raised to life again but that's not. It wasn't. Ju it wasn't just an arbitrary thing. It wasn't just like all of a sudden J Jesus just. And this is where this is where everything is always always tied to faith in Calvary. And the only problem that mankind has is a sin problem. This is where it's tied to that. Death is a result of sin. Yes. So he was moved with compassion. For the mother, because of the results of sin that caused death to her son. So then he was moved with compassion. And then he raised the boy from the dead. It was a death was a death is a result of sin. Everything that he did, every ailment, every miracle was all tied to sin. Some way, somehow, it is a result of sin. Blindness is a result of sin. All famine is a result of sin. Everything, everything in this life is a result of sin. That's why it's foolish to look anywhere else but Jesus. Because the only problem we have as human beings is a sin problem. We don't, we don't, have, we don't have a food problem because we just have a sin problem. If we didn't have a sin problem, we wouldn't have a food problem. We wouldn't have a famine problem if we didn't have a sin problem. We would have uh, uh, an adultery problem if we didn't have a sin problem. Yeah. Every problem that mankind has yeah. is because of sin, nothing else. But we try to address the problems caused by sin yeah. without addressing sin, which is which is where the problem came from. Yeah. 
Death was a, was a result of sin entering into the world. And he could, that boy can be raised from the dead because Jesus defeated the grave. Yes. He defeated sin. Amen. So it was, like we said, it was Christ performing a miracle on credit of what he would do at Calvary. Everything, every every single thing is tied to sin. And God is always moved by compassion for someone that sin is ravishing their life. The character of God that you see over and over again in Scripture, yes, He hates sin, but He is moved with compassion for those that are in bondage. Now, He is not moved with compassion for those who are self-righteous and religious. You'll see that whole opposite of that. <laughs> Jesus is, an, is the express image of God the Father. So the way that Jesus handled things was the same way that God the Father would have handled it because he is literally a carbon copy of the Father. So he was with those that were in bondage to sin, he was moved with compassion. For those who were religious and self-righteous, he was not moved with compassion. That's why he was crucified. And he was crucified by those. Yeah. Me and my dad were talking about this not too long ago. I said, you know, it's amazing how uh, <laughs> the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we, we did nothing's really different today. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they did not agree. They had different doctrinal beliefs. They did not agree. They were totally opposed to each other. They actually, Paul, Paul at one time, in the midst of them, about to be on trial, he was on trial for them, he basically said one thing, that he knew what would happen. And it was a, he said basically that if he's on trial for his hope of uh, resurrection, which the Pharisees believed, but the Sadducees did not. So all he did was say that, and then... <laughs> The Pharisees and the Sadducees start going at it. It's like Paul didn't even exist anymore. Their, their own feud of doctrine was just <coughs> hammered away at each other. But yet, the Pharisees and the Sadducees who hated each other would join forces to crucify yeah. mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. And it's no different today. Yeah. You, no. you, you, have, you have religion and then, boy, they hate each other. Yeah. We won't say, we won't support. Lord forbid we won't say it with our mouth because we can't say that. It's not very Christ-like to say that we don't like them. But the truth is, we hate each other. <laughs> different denominator, we have different, and let there be an, oh my goodness, if we do not agree on something. But yet, when the message of the cross comes <laughs> and it slams that belief and that belief because that belief is wrong, and that belief is wrong, even though they're a Pharisee, they're a Sadducee. But yet the message of the cross comes, the true gospel, the one that sets men free, it points only to Christ and nothing else, and those two will team up yeah. upon the true gospel yeah. to kill it. Okay, so we're officially starting the class. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the middle of it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I love Romans.
Chapter 6, verse 9. It's all right. Wednesday night, I preached two messages. First half hour was one thing, and the next half hour was Romans chapter 6, verse 9. When you're there, say amen. amen. Starting in verse 9, it says, Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin. Once that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, verse 9. Dead. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. If Christ did all of this for us, and he did, then he surely wants us to have these great victories he has won. God has zero intention upon keeping any victory from you that Christ has already paid for. That is not the desire of God. That is not God's heart or his character. Even though when the victory seems to be a bit delayed, the enemy will tell you different. That is not the truth. In that Christ doesn't have, uh, Christ doesn't have to die anymore tells us that his work is a finished work and in every capacity nothing has been left undone. In Peter they said that he's given us all things for life and godliness. We don't need anything else. Everything that we have need of in this life and in eternity is found in Christ. I'm thankful for that. I don't have to I don't have to go a lot of different places. Whenever it comes to shopping, sometimes shopping, I don't like shopping, I don't like stores, I don't like any of that, and it's really annoying when you can't get everything that you need from one place. <laughs> when you have to go to this store for this, this store for that, Amen. this store for that. It's like Bucky's in Texas, where anything you need, you can get in a Bucky's. Mm. Yeah. No, you don't need to go anywhere else but Bucky's. Mm. You don't need to go anywhere else with Jesus. Everything that you have need of is found in Him. Thank you, Lord. Man, He's smarter than us. That phrase, dieth no more, has two meanings. Uh, the first one is, He doesn't have to die again because He paid it all the first time. And the second is, all the powers of sin were broken. And that means broken in the heart and life of the believer. For we are the ones for whom He died and rose from the dead. Next, uh, death has no more dominion over him. I have some definitions. They're very short. That's why you don't have a handout. Uh, if you don't get them, don't worry. You'll get them next time we come. Uh, don't make sure they get typed out. But that word dominion in the Greek is K-U-R-I-E-U-O. K-U-R-I-E-U-O. One more time. K-U-R-I-E-U-O. And that is the Greek word for dominion. Like I said, if you don't get it, don't worry about it. You have it on end out next, not next week because we don't have class, but <laughs> two weeks. And it means to rule, to be lord of, to exercise lordship over. That word death in the Greek is T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S. T-H. A-N-A-T-O-S. T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S. And it means deadly or to be death. In other words, it is a state 
of being or supremacy. It is a state, just like we have our, our we're in Christ, and that's our our state in Christ. It makes our position in Christ is seated with Him in heavenly places. It's not going to change. Praise God for that. Yes. Death is here spoken of as it relates to sin. For the wages of sin is death. It speaks of the entirety of the hold over the human race with all of its byproducts of bondage, darkness, absence of life, and in this case, an absence of spiritual life. The idea is that Jesus' death, which speaks of his poured out life, relative to his poured out blood, satisfied the claims of heavenly justice, in that the sin debt was satisfied in this act. Satan now has no more hold on the human family, at least those who believe in what Jesus did. When you place your faith, it, everything, every, every single thing that God does is done legally. Like legally, on, in like a court of law, legal. It has to be has to be done that way. The human fan of the human race, we were held in bondage by Satan because of sin. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. That's why paradise existed. Paradise is in hell, but it's not the burning side of hell. So what happened was all the saints of old before the cross, they 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 had their faith in the coming redeemer. But the blood of Jesus had not been shed yet. So their faith saved them. They didn't go to hell. They went to paradise. But they couldn't go to heaven because uh, Satan still had a claim over them. Now, he couldn't do whatever he wanted to them. They were in paradise, not the burning side of hell. But it wasn't until after Calvary, it said that Jesus led captivity captive. He went into paradise and said, he said, Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. He went into paradise, basically preached the gospel, which was himself. How would you like to preach that? <laughs> he, went, he went in, he preached the gospel. He basically, I am he. I'm the one that all of those sacrifices represent. I am. I am. I am the Messiah. It is me. I'm the one that you waited for. Praise God. That's why I said, that's why he said Abraham saw a day and he rejoiced. Mm. If you, if you, if maybe if you're like me and you're reserved. Uh, <laughs> if you're like me and you're reserved and you think, well, maybe I just can't express myself. Even when I get excited, maybe I just can't express myself that way. Then you can go look up what, what in the Greek, what the expression is of what it said when Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. <laughs> it means he had a Pentecostal fit. That means Abraham, Jesus said, I'm the Messiah. And Abraham said, my Lord, I've been on you. There was a time, my Lord, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. He might have ran. I don't know how big paradise was. He might have ran. He might have danced. But that's what it meant. He had a Pentecostal fit. He didn't sit there and say, Are you gone? That didn't happen. That did, that did not happen. The natural, when you, when you really look at Jewish language, 
uh, Hebrew Hebrew language and the way the Jewish their personalities are, well, they are some flamboyant folk. <laughs> and because it was instilled in them, express. That's right. Yeah. Do not be afraid to express what you feel to the Lord. If you go through the Psalms and you read David's Psalms, oh, my Lord, he expressed himself yes. to the Lord. Yes. Brother Bob had his time in Bible college. I mean, yeah, I mean, his time in Bible college. And he he said that he was he, he one of his one of the guys that were there said you know he was a black brother. <laughs> And uh, they're they're pretty flamboyant too. And he said, "Brother Bob, let's get together. Let's have a prayer meeting. Just have a little, just have a little. Let's just pray. Let's just have a prayer." And Brother Bob, coming from a Baptist background, he's you know he's in there and he's praying and he's just kind of you know. And the, he he came up the, he, the the brother came up to him and he said, "Bob, I, I feel like the Lord just wanted me to come tell you that it's okay to express yourself to the Lord." It's okay to tell them. You can you can talk to them and express express if you love the Lord. Don't be afraid to tell them. Don't be afraid to open your mouth. Tell them, Lord, Lord, I love you. My, Lord, I love you. I'm a loud prayer myself. I wasn't always like that, <laughs> um, but as the message of the cross was revealed to me in my heart. I, I just can't help it. Yeah. Even as you can tell, whenever I teach or preach, I just can't help it. Sometimes, mm. yeah. when 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 you just see all, when you just see the Lord's goodness, my Lord, you can't help. You can't help but say, "Thank you, Jesus, Lord, I love you." Lord, I love you with all of my heart. Lord, I love you. Thank you for what you have done for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you took my place. That was my cross. It was meant for me. You took the curse that was meant for me. You took it upon yourself for me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. My Lord, you are good. And then I just, from there, who knows? I start singing. What it, it just mm, speaking in tongues? What? Hey, well, I got freedom in Christ, and I can express myself. He paid such a great price. Why would I not express what that great price means to me? Mm. Sometimes we've got to open our mouths. It said, believe, it's, scripture says, and, and we, we, we normally tie this to, to salvation, which is right, but we just, it's like we just leave it there and we never take it any further. Right. It says, believe in your heart. Yeah. And then what does it say next? Confess. 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 And we praise God, salvation. You've got to believe in your heart and you've got to say the prayer. Yeah. Because you've got to confess it with your mouth. But then we just leave it there. And when it comes to everything else that Christ has done for us, if we just... Amen. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that's right. And then the enemy will come... I'm just... The enemy will come along, or your flesh, 
and it'll just help you to because the net then well you're being too loud you're just being too you know what that's not you're not reverencing the Lord are you being prideful you're being prideful you you don't have a holy fear of God oh yes I do My Lord, yes, I do. Let, let a brother speak to someone the wrong way, and you'll find out. No, I got a holy fear. <laughs> Lord, oh Lord, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I'm... I have that you can you can be you can express to God and and believe in your heart and confess in your mouth every benefit of Calvary. He, God is so great, so big. Your loudness ain't gonna bother Him one bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I man, when I'm at I'm, this is not when I'm at home and I'm praying my Lord, I'm praying don't care no, I, me and the Lord I'm not trying to please anybody else me and the Lord now I wasn't always like that I remember my first semester and my dad came out for this my first semester we had a prayer meeting we had a prayer meeting on the on the dorm floor room and they was all praying out loud and I was like, I can't deal with this. I can't even pray. I can't even think. <laughs> <laughs> and what that was, honestly, what that was, was just my flesh. Coming coming up with every reason. Well, these people crazy. These people praying loud. My Lord. Speaking in tongues. How can anybody pray? It's like they don't even care about nobody but themselves. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. How can anybody pray in this? How can anybody focus on the Lord? This is ridiculous. These people, I'm telling you, I didn't make that and say it out loud. Oh, yeah, actually. To say it in Bruce. Yeah, but to my dad, like this, I don't even it's just it's chaos. <laughs> and now I'm like, it's not chaos. My Lord, they're offering up the fruit of their lips to the Lord. That he would just, our praise, our thanksgiving, and our worship unto God is like fruit. The, let me, the Lord, God, God is the husbandman, and you are the vineyard. My Lord, he is the husbandman. Now, what kind of vineyard would you be if you never gave fruit? To the husbandman. But yet that's what we act like. My Lord. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. He saved me. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> we, and I, I'm not. I had to learn. I, I had to learn this. Because my natural. Naturally I'm quiet. You ask my wife. I don't talk a lot. I'm just a pretty. I'm just quiet. Just. Mm -hmm. Now, I like to joke around and have a good time, but it takes a long time for me to warm up to people. Sarah's not like that. Sarah meets somebody brand new, and you can, you can swear they've been best friend for like 30 years. <laughs> I'm not like that, though. I'm like, Sarah's like, let's go say hey. I'm like, meh. <laughs> you go say hey. I'm <laughs> not normally like that. Now, as I get to know someone, and then... It kind of changes a little bit. But when it comes to the Lord, whether I know you or not, my yes. Lord, 
Let us start talking about Jesus. <laughs> and you, Sarah says, whenever it comes to the Lord, I don't shut up. <laughs> She's like, you and your dad can talk about the Lord for hours. I don't understand that. <laughs> you just, you, you, it's like totally opposite. You know, you just don't talk a lot, and then you and your dad sit down and start talking about Scripture and the Lord, and and you just, it's, it's like you just don't shut up. <laughs> She's just like, man, man, you really just when it comes to the Lord, man, you just you can talk and talk and talk, and it's just totally opposite from my from my personal my personal. Uh, <laughs> Yes, my personal person, personality, no, this person. It's just not the same. But offering up, offer up to him the fruit of your lips is pleasing to God. Yes. Who cares whether it's pleasing to anybody else? You At the end, you, you don't have to answer to them. Now I look back on like, man, praise God. I was in a place with a bunch of vineyards. That were offering up fruit to the husbandman. Yes. And I was the one not offering up fruit. Yeah. Mm. We can open our mouths to him. And he is worthy of our praise. Mm. We say it, but oh, praise God, he's worthy of our praise. But then yet, honestly, we gather together and it's like we're dead. Amen. I will just be honest. We gather together in, the, in a church setting and then we praise God. <laughs> And then in our own personal lives, you can tell you can tell the spiritual state of a church as a whole when you come into the praise and worship service. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you come into a praise and worship service and it's just dead. Well, I can tell you right now, the spiritual state of that church is dead. Because if you don't even have thankfulness in your heart, and you can't express it through praise and worship, then obviously there's something about this you haven't seen yet. But if you walk into a church, my Lord, and praise and worship is going on, and people just... I'm not talking about weird either. I'm talking about genuine. Yes. Yeah. I could this the spiritual state of this body of believers is healthy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we have a healthy church. We do. We do have a healthy church. Mm -hmm. And the temp being a temple of praise and worship is personal and as we gather together. And true praise and worship can only come from the foundation of Calvary. If it's anything else, it's not true praise and worship. I preached the sermon already, proper praise. It was a long time ago I preached it. And I, I did it at Bible College too. Proper praise. And I, honestly, I've never seen it before in my life. But the Lord totally revealed it to me. It changed my whole life as far as praise and worship goes. And it changed, it, it totally Changed something for me because before I just praised God based off of my circumstance and situations. Now I praise God because of Calvary. Do that at any moment. Proper praise. If praise, if praise is not being lifted up because of Calvary, then it is not proper praise. It can be. I, I really, that could be hard to hear, but it's the truth. It's biblical. If it's not, 
every all, all praise and worship uh, in, in the temple when it, when they sang praise and worship when the temple was done being built and all that stuff. You know where they sang it by the brazen altar, which was the type of the cross. That's right. They sang praise by the right next to the brazen altar. Mm. That their praise was just intertwined and attached to Calvary. If, I, if, if praise and worship is not attached to Calvary, then it's not proper praise and worship. And the truth is, the Spirit of God cannot move in it. It'd be dead. And the only thing that can happen is just emotion. You can, so it becomes subjective. It's just subjective praise and worship. That's why it's like, well, the song doesn't, that song doesn't move me. I don't like the way they sing it. It's just subjective. Subjective because it's just emotion. But my Lord, if they're singing about Calvary, it might not be my favorite version and it might not be my favorite vocals. But if it's about Calvary, now that's my favorite. And I get, I get, I can't help it. And because the Spirit of God will anoint that. There's a difference between music and music that has the stamp of approval of the Holy Spirit. If this song does not point to Christ or what he did at Calvary or a benefit of Calvary, then it will not have the stamp of approval of the Holy Spirit. It, it's not even. It's not even so much. I mean, it, it, to, I guess to a certain degree, it is. You have to be. You have to be called by God to be used in music ministry. That is not. That is not just. Let's all just pick who gets to do it. You have to be called by God. Just like you don't get to just pick that you're going to preach the gospel. You have to be called by God. And if you're not called by God, He will not anoint you to do it. Same thing with music ministry. But at the same time, it's just as important as that is, it's important about what we sing. What we sing about. And that's something that... The, the modern church has totally gotten away from. We got so much subjective praise and worship. It's insane. Just, it's just subjective. One day it moves you, the other day it doesn't. But if it's Calvary, the Spirit of God is always going to be moving in that. So you know what I want? You, if if you want, if you if you want to listen. To that, and you and you want subjective worship, that's on you. But for me, as for me in my house, <laughs> Calvary. Yeah, that's it. We're gonna sing. We're gonna sing about the blood of Jesus. We're gonna sing about the person of Christ. We're gonna sing about the work of Christ. My Lord, we're gonna sing about the benefits of Calvary. Mm. That song, I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. I feel the joy of the Lord delivering me. That's talking about a benefit of Calvary. Even and, and and not even realize that that's where we're at. And I've, I've had I've ran across people, and I'll just use this as an example. I've had ran across people who say, "Oh yeah, you know, we'll be we'll having a conversation, and uh, how's your family doing? People that I know, and did a canner, just you know, he kissed and this and this, and so he went to college over there. Oh, I watch them all the time. I watch them all the time. I just 
I just, I just love their music. And then others will talk about the message of the cross and how it changed their life. There is a difference between those two views. Some people only do it for, because they like the older music. But they haven't embraced. They don't. They haven't embraced the message of the cross at all. That's not why they watch. That's not why they even listen. They just like the old, the old songs, you know. And but then you, but when you, but when you talk to those who have embraced the message of the cross, and that has changed their life, and there's a revelation in their heart. There, there's something different about them. You see it in their conversation, and they express it differently. Yeah. And uh, and it's very noticeable. So we have to be careful not just to be not to be religious, but to embrace the message. That's really where the power is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Therefore, the dominion of death, with all of its attendant results, is broken in the life of the believer who accepts what Christ did. As death holds no more dominion over Jesus, it holds no more dominion over the believer. And that refers to sin. Thank God for that. Death and sin are both still reality and very much in force and will continue to be until the resolution of all things. However, the force of both death and sin have no more hold in the believer's life with its dominion totally and completely broken. That is really good news. Amen. Because death has no more sting for us. This physical body may pass away. But the second death, we won't be tasting. Yes. That's it. Bad English, really good teaching. <laughs> the second, de- the second death will not be messing with you, 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 and thank God, me. Yes. That when I die from this life, I'm going to enter right in straight. Straight into his presence. The second death is separation from God. This body is going to die. It's going to die. But my Lord, spiritual death, it's already been defeated for the believer. We will not taste the second death. I love that. Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. A lot of times, and I'm, I'm, I'm young, uh, let's just be honest, I'm real young. Death may not be anywhere close. But I, I'm just, I, I, at the same time though, I'm not immune to anything and everything. So I still think about certain things. But to me, if I'm lying on my deathbed, that can seem like a real dark time. An an uncertain time. Oh, man. It could seem a little uncertain. It would just be real now. Well, yeah, but you believe in Christ. Yeah, but I'm a human being. My goodness. (laughs) Just because I feel that doesn't mean that I enter into it, but I feel it. 
But Scripture says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. My Lord, if I find myself long, pray, I pray, sometimes I pray that it's a long time off, sometimes I'm like, Lord, just let's do, come quickly, Lord, so I can enter into your presence right now. Amen. But, if the Lord tarries and that time comes and he doesn't come back and I end up just passing away a normal, natural death, that on my deathbed it may seem like the valley of death, but it's only a shadow. Yes. And when these eyes close, I will wake up in the Lord. We will not taste the second death. Mm. Just you can just praise God. Glory to God. Lord, this this earthly, weak, frail body will pass away, but my Lord, as soon as it does, I will be at your feet, entering in to your presence, never to leave it ever again. No more sickness, no more death, no more tears. Mm. And I will be like him. Mm. Yes. I got 30,000 songs going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> if there's 30,000, then maybe it ain't just an eighth of time to sing. They get too many in there. <laughs> Every philosophy or religion pales into insignificance, actually, nothingness. In comparison to Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary and the resurrection. If you can have Jesus and what he did at Calvary, why would you want something else that doesn't work? My Lord, it doesn't get any better than Jesus and what he did at the cross. If I can get excited. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. My Lord, well, what, man, what? What do you have that I don't? I got a man named Jesus and I got the cross. That's what I, I got the grace of God flowing on an unending basis. You don't need anything else. Whatever you may think that you need to give you joy, satisfaction, peace, righteousness. I don't care what. You can fill in the blank. You don't need anything else but a man named Jesus. And what he did at Calvary. My Lord, he's already provided all the joy that you need for your whole entire existence here on this earth. My, sometimes we, we, we I'm, I, I say that and then I realize, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that all the joy that I'll ever need from my first breath to my last breath can be found in him. I don't need anything else. All the peace that I'll ever need is found in him. I don't need anything else. I'm just saying. I'm just getting excited. I don't, I don't need life insurance to give me peace. My Lord, I have the Prince of Peace. I don't need man's righteousness. I have all the righteousness that I'll ever have need of in Christ Jesus. And it's the God kind of righteousness. 
The only one that he's looking for. A robe of righteousness. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. See, the fruit of my lips. Fuck it, Lord. It's yours. You're the husbandman, and I am the vineyard. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin. Actually means he died unto sin once for all. The word sin here does not refer to acts of sin, but of Christ's death to the sinful nature of the individual. Christ's death not only paid the penalty of human sin, but it was used of God to break the power of indwelling sin in the believer's life. He not only paid the penalty of your sin debt, but he broke the power of sin in your heart and life. So all of the sin debt that you accrued has been paid for in full, totally gone, as though it never existed. And on top of that, the power of indwelling sin that made you do all of these different things that you were in bondage to. My Lord, you could, you could not get away from it. You couldn't defeat it. It was like a giant in your life. The sin nature. He broke that. He defeated it at Calvary. My Lord. You know what we call that? Double cure. The double cure. Lord, you are Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah my righteousness, and Jehovah Makadesh, Jehovah who sanctified. My Lord, you paid the penalty of sin for me, mm, that I won't have to pay it myself. And on top of that, you broke the power of sin in my life. I don't have to enter into sin. I've been set free through the cross of Calvary. Amen. He is good. The Lord is so good. My Lord. Be of sin the double cure. Hmm. Save from wrath and make me pure. Hmm. My Lord, that's a good song too. Hmm. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side, which flow, be of sin, the double cure, saved from wrath and made me pure. Mm. Rock of ages, fled for me, lay me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side, which flows, be of sin, the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure. Mm. My Lord. I'm not in a hurry. We're just saying no. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not. Praise God. I'm not. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy lost demands. Could my zeal 
no reach I know. Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Rock of ages, clear for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Nothing in my head I bring Simply to Thy cross I cling Naked come To Thee for dress Helpless look to Thee for grace Fly to the fountain, fly. Watch me, Savior, or I die. Rock of ages, clad for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Why draw this fleeting breath? When my eyes shall close in death, when I rise to worlds unknown, and behold the Lamb of God upon his throne, rock of ages, play for me, let me hide myself in thee. Mm. Oh, my Lord, that last line's so good. Sing it again. <laughs> when I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death, when I rise to worlds unknown, and behold him on his throne. Rock of ages, clad for me, let me hide myself in thee. Mm. Oh, rock of ages, clad for me. Our Lord, hide me. Hide me in Christ. My Lord, we are hidden in Him. My Lord, you are in Him. We are in Him. Mm. My Lord, we are in Christ. We are hidden in the cleft. My Lord, thank you. Jesus, rock the cages. Cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Mm. Rock of ages. Cleft for me. Cleft for you. My Lord, He's a cleft for you. Mm-hmm.